0: Hi, I'm Jacqueline, your host. Welcome to the Amigapreneur Podcast, a platform where we talk to black, indigenous, and women of color who are entrepreneurs, spirit printers, and creatives. We talk all about moving through life transition with courage, confidence, and compassion. If you've been looking for a way to turn your life transition or major life change into a transformation, an inner evolution, this is the podcast for you. Hey guys, just wanted to come on here and say a quick hello. This is Jacqueline, the founder and creator of Amigapreneur. It's been a minute. I was looking at the timeline as far when was the last time I was on here. And it was I think a little over a month ago. Um, I miss doing this so much. Um, These these conversations that I have with these amazing women like honestly really just do so much soul nourishing work for me and being able to share it i think is is part of my purpose but i also want to say that a lot of us that are doing this work when it comes to podcasting you know when it comes to putting stuff out a lot of the times we're doing this in our own time on our free time and completely just to share and just to put it out there and a lot of the times for me, the difficulty, I know that the easiest part is setting up these interviews, but everything else is reaching out, calendaring, editing. I think that's a word, editing. <laughs> Editing and um, it's like a a whole production, you know, podcasting is a whole production Um, and then it's the marketing, you know, it's creating the Canva, the audio, all of this stuff, which comes along with it and being a solo and only person that's doing this, it does take a little time. But when I do get this episode, it just brings out such pride uh, to be able to share these amazing women that I meet along the way and to share these conversations so that you guys can really get that like one-on-one, what is going on with these amazing founders and like, where do they get started? How does this work? Like how do they continue to keep going and where do these ideas come from and how do they move different in the world and that's what like Gloria is going to share. So I'm looking forward to sharing this episode and I'm so happy to be back. I Like I said, I'm going to share with you guys more what's developing with me, like how I'm evolving and what's coming up next. But here is this amazing episode. Today we have Gloria of Nalgona Positive Pride. She specializes in intersectional eating disorder education and resources that transform the lives of BIPOC individuals and expand eating disorder treatment models. Being the founder and CEO of Nalguna Positive Pride, she is able to raise awareness through digital media, public speaking, and grassroots activism. Today we talk about grounding yourself through relationships with family and friends, being more trusting when it comes to doing your sacred work and that you'll be taken care of along the way, on figuring out how to run a business and make sure that you're the main priority in it, how BiWalks suffer different from workaholism and why it's important to let go of the self-sacrifice, on men, patriarchy, and working through relationships, and of course, much, much more. I think there's been,
1: you know, so much of that within the last two, two, three years. I mean, like you mentioned before, Trump, the pandemic, moving, breakups. um, Like I have moved like three, four times within like six years. And I mean, different counties. And so that has been a moment of transition you know, I think my work, there's moments that, you know, are, are, are connected to burnout. And those moments is, is when you start saying like, why am I questioning? Like, why am I feeling this way? Like, why am I doing this work? For what? Um, and so yeah, I, I just can't think of like a clear moment of transition because again, like these last, I mean, especially the last three years have been very transformative for me you know again ranging from developing a chronic illness to moving breakups starting a new business um you know the political climate so I I just don't think there's been clear moments of like like oh this is one of those big changes it's like I think everything's always changing and I'm unfortunately I haven't been in a position of a lot of long-term stability and that's the truth for a lot of women of color Mm.
0: can you talk about that what do you mean by that like there's never been stability you know
1: ranging from childhood like the the level of 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 shifts for women of color may be at work, right? You mentioned late being laid off, right? Or housing with gentrification, like I've been pushed out over mm-hmm. and over again. Um, you know, dating cisgendered men in a patriarchal, heavily misogynistic culture, like, you know, it's it's hard nowadays to, for folks to be with, dating a cisgender man for a long period of time you know and that's just being <laughs> real um
0: uh so and yeah like just really fast can you let us know what cisgender is for those that are not familiar with that term
1: yes so cisgender for me I am a cisgendered woman because I uh, identify with the gender given to me at birth mm. so transgender people are people that don't identify with the gender they were assigned at birth right so um, that is what cisgender means
0: okay thank you for that and go ahead continue I'm sorry about that just wanted to clear that up for people that may not be familiar with some of the terms
1: yeah no thank you for that I usually say it but this time it just (laughs) (laughs) just really ran out of my brain but um so yeah so when you think about women of color like at least in my experience coming from you know, daughter of immigrants, and I don't have a college education. And I've started businesses with very little resources besides my community, right? Um, it's hard to have long term stability. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, that's been my background. That's why, again, it's not so clear for me to be like, oh, this was a very you know, a, a time of a lot of change. And I think I'm still not done processing the last two years. Like I'm, I'm mm-hmm. not right. there yet.
0: You know what, what comes up? That all of that sounds so familiar for me Of the word like processing. Um, when, for me, when I told you I had that big breakdown, I think it was like a timer, you know, it was click, 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 click. And then it was just waiting I think until my daughter headed off to college, like there was nothing really that was telling me you have to hold it together now. You know, and first for me, growing up in domestic violence, there was always so much movement, so much transition. We can never get like, you know, really put our feet down, really feel like we're steady and at peace, right? If there was always something moving And so when you were saying that, it just made so much sense. I always felt like I could never get grounded. I could never put down roots. And I think I was always running away, even, you know, being on my own when I was 15 and then trying to find those roots, that grounding, that peace, you know, being on survival mode and then having my daughter as a teen and then trying to put down roots for her and me escaping in a sense quote unquote, escaping, meaning improving my life little by little, and then also, you know, improving hers, at least what I can, I felt I can control, which was living in a better, in a better area, right, so that she would have a different life. And then all of that coming to a head when she left, and I no longer kind of had that grounding, which is what kind of she was now I needed to process everything. So can you go a little into that? Like, what has that process that's just so like eye-opening. What has that process been for you being in a constant state of, of transition? Like how do you find roots in that when either you're doing the transition, right? Choosing to start a business or it's being chosen from for you as far as, you know, dating, right? And as far as um, gentrification, like how, how has that experience been for you And then how have you processed, right? Like found a way to kind of root yourself in so much movement, whether you're controlling it or not. Does the question make sense? (laughs) Yeah, like how do you find your moments
1: of, I don't even want to say peace, but Mm -hmm. more like things kind of settling down around you in the chaos, right? right? And I mean, I don't want to say like, oh, horrible chaos because,
0: right.
1: you know, I still have privilege.
0: Right.
1: We all do, mm-hmm. um, you know, just the fact that I have legal status and and that I'm heterosexual, like those things just make my life just a whole lot better actually, you know? <laughs> right. Um, so I want to be mindful about that as well. but. Right. You know one thing that I have been doing differently this year is work used to be the priority for everything mm. and for me now has been improving my relationships with friends and and mm. family um and putting it as important up there with with my work and my productivity and my you know financial stability mm-hmm. because i didn't take care of that for so long and i think that 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 was part of my one of the reasons why i was not i i could have been more grounded Mm -hmm. you know um so that has been a reminder in my life of of you could slow down a bit here Mm -hmm. you know um i think it's also been trusting oh my god i don't know i'm I'm about to start my period so I'm a lot more emotional (laughs) you know um but I I think it's also been trusting like the process like just trusting that I'm I'm taking care I'm being taken care of by something bigger than me you know um and having to do a little bit with my own like broken up little pieces of spirituality that I sometimes have you know Mm. um And that's been hard. That's been very hard to just, I mean, over and over, I'm proving that I'm going to be all right. Mm -hmm. You know, one way or the other, I'm going to stay afloat over and over. And even then I'm still like, but am I?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Is everything really going to be okay? (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I just been um, working on that and it's hard. It's so hard mm. to be like, as long as I put in what I have to offer in the table, the mm. other side's gonna come and provide food for me, you know? Like it's it's so hard, but but I have no other option but to believe it because it just literally has happened this last month for me, you know, like just when I think I'm like, oh my god, como le voy a hacer? Like how am I gonna pay bills this month or how am I going to get to that other level that i want to get to it just doors open up for me so um yeah Mm -hmm. so those are two things i think that have brought a lot of balance and also actually investing in myself um, Mm -hmm. investing in my own growth Mm -hmm. i don't know where i got this idea that i had to figure all of this on my own in regards to running business like I didn't really necessarily take courses or sat down and watch videos or trainings I just thought like I have to figure this all out on my own I have to be self-made whatever the hell that means right Mm -hmm. (laughs) and no and like I am as important in this business as let's say a donor as let's say if not i am the priority in this business as is mainly for the most part self you know one person me right so um and 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 also when that on that topic of investing in myself it's also taking care of my health like never before because i just I don't know. I find that women of color that struggle with workaholism, like there's a side of, of, self harm and even, you know, having a little bit of suicidal thoughts, you know, (laughs) in there, and that that doesn't get, we we don't get the opportunity to delve into that. Like, what is this coming from? This idea (laughs) that I always have to be productive, that I have to do it on my own. And that it's all or nothing, right? Right. It's like you work till you, till you, done. You Mm -hmm. know, it's like a tire that you just don't replace till nothing's left. You know, and so I just been. I don't think I can say that I have found the solution. Like (laughs) no, but to the very least, I could say that I'm aware of it. You know, and that I'm doing things to, to. Actually, truly take care of myself in ways that I don't even want to, <laughs> but I'm doing <laughs> right. It. It's not sexy at all, it's not Instagramable, <laughs> it's never sexy, <laughs> no, at all. Right?
0: I really appreciate you talking about and being open about the spirituality part of it, um, and the trusting and the letting go. I think for me growing up in a certain way of what God was right and what was supposed to happen. And also about the good, good girl, bad girl, you know, I was talking to my therapist about, um, and she was saying, yeah, there's a church wound is what she said that they called it because I've had a lot of shame and guilt, you know, come up and then learning, you know, what does that new spiritual, because I was very spiritual, maybe religion wasn't really for me, but spirituality was something I really believed in that greater, something greater than us. And I had a relationship um, with that source. And then that was lost. And then I, I I, was telling her, I go, you know, I just have this guilt. And she was telling me, she goes, yeah, it's, um, that's a church wound. And then she started explaining, you know, what that was, and how you now um, kind of like have your own spirituality and what does that mean? And what I realized, I'm like, I'm scared to even build that new thing, to have that trust for it, and kind of like understanding, you know, for me, a lot of things when I was losing my house, losing my job, losing my car, it just kept getting worse and worse. I'm like, what is happening? And telling myself, this is all happening for me, everything is is going to be okay, knowing understanding that that's where that trust and letting go and kind of relying on on something outside of myself was really coming from. Because so long, I was just relying on me and having to make it happen. So when you were talking about like, what is it about us that you know we're, we we constantly have to be productive and we constantly you know get to a point where there is no more right and then it leads us into this breakdown <laughs> and this depression and we don't really talk about that in our community so there's this shame about not being able for me at least what I felt was get it together before I understood I was going through a depression and it wasn't just sadness and I wasn't going to get over it like overnight and having all the culmination of that like. How do I build trust from that when I'm feeling abandoned? You know, how do I feel trust when I feel like this thing is, is not showing up or, you know, not understanding, I guess, for me, like the bigger picture. And I also started to understand that me being constantly productive was this like avoiding all of the trauma and not knowing how to process that, you know, some words I didn't even have the vocabulary for, you know, so there was just so much so. When you when you speak about spirituality and trust, I love that you you know you said that relationships, trusting that you're going to be taken care of, um, investing in yourself and health, you know what that looks like for you. So I think that makes so much sense as far as we want the answers, like what worked for you, because I feel like that's gonna work for me. And the reality is that it's asking us to transition for what I what I've started to realize is a space for us to heal what is asking to be healed. And now it's a moment of taking time for ourselves, but also realizing that it's going to look different for everyone. There is no one answer. It's going to take longer and only you are going to know like what you need. Right. Um, So I love that you broke that down and you were very open about trusting. Can you talk a little bit about if you, if you don't mind, like relationships right you you're working on your relationships and you talked about being in a relationship how do you as far as like dating what does that look like for you when you're going through these transitions would you say it was best for you to be on your own instead of being in a relationship like kind of get to know you more um I guess I'm trying to figure out a question when it comes to relationships, like how do you do transition and all of these things when you haven't processed what's coming up and then you're in a relationship that kind of like you have to keep in mind the other person and then you have to keep in mind yourself. Like how do you work through that or does it do you think like it affects you more? Is it possible to take time out for yourself?
1: I'm just disappointed overall with heterosexuality in general you know Mm. Um, and at the same time is being honest with myself and and admitting that I need I I that it's okay to have needs emotional Mm. needs to have sexual needs to have attention needs or even to have to feel this desire to be around mask masculine energy okay. right nice. um as much as we are critical <laughs> about <laughs> about patriarchy you know and i think there's oh there has always been this like battle with how do you live or how do you stay in relationships with men that have a lot of unresolved toxic masculinity you mm-hmm. know um because I don't think there's one man that's saved from that oh, yeah. trans or 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 cis um and I'm being honest um but I think for me has been to learn these lessons that I've had with men that I have deeply loved you know and and realize like there's new ways for me to be loved that I haven't explored yet, you know, mm-hmm. and and, um, and me only being open to accepting that. Mm-hmm. And I think as being like alert of, hey, if the communication already sucks in this stupid dating app. <laughs> what am I going to expect in person?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now's a good time to exit, <laughs> you know?
0: Right, right.
1: <laughs> Versus like, oh, he's just, you know, he's so handsome. I just, no, it's like, no, like, I know I'm worth, I'm, I am a really good partner, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and I should receive that to Mm -hmm. begin with back. And Mm -hmm. so, yeah, so I I don't think I have like solid or clear When it comes to dating, besides just being honest with myself that these are needs, and I'm also not going to allow others to shame me because I want to date or because I want to be, you know, in a relationship, or maybe I just want to have fun. Whatever it might be, like I'm not going to allow anybody to shame me or to go on and tell me how I should be focused on other forms of stability. Like, no, no, I I, just yeah so and I've had to set those those boundaries up with people in my life like no you're not going to shame me like you know I think you being upset is more a reflection of yourself than me at this moment <laughs> right.
0: um, why do I need to be this thing in order for you to be comfortable with whatever yeah. relationship choice you have made
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, yeah. leave me alone let <laughs> me be miserable with men like <laughs> That is my problem now. Right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's a, you know, it's funny if I'll have this converse because I've been single, you know, I've had relationships here and there that were very, I feel like every relationship has really put up a mirror on the things that I need to work on and things that I'm accepting. Why am I accepting them? And why am I okay with this? And really having to look at myself, what was mine? What was my partner's? instead of taking it all the responsibility or putting most of the responsibility on that person, you know, it was really like a mirror. And because of that, you know, my daughter will have these conversations and I'll still kind of be blown away because I'm like, people still think that way. I got those things in my twenties about you're not in a relationship or, you know, why are you single? And like these type of things. And I'm just like, go and explaining to her that, (laughs) I go, you know, I just started answering that question with, like, you know, only miserable people ask me those questions. I go, no one happily married has ever asked me why I'm single. And then the conversation like ends right away and no one says anything to me. Um, I go, because the reality is, you know, people that are happily married or in the relationship know how much work it takes as an individual in the relationship and then the relationship itself. And so they're never like, when are you going to find somebody? They're like, girl, stay single. And if you decide this is the work, Um, being able to be around couples that have healthy loving relationships and seeing the work that they do, you know, in the relationship and the continued work they do with themselves as an individual outside of that. um, So it does contribute in the long run to their partnerships and to themselves, you know, not to lose themselves. And because of that, none of them has ever said, oh, you're still single, or it's never been, it's always been someone that has had, you know, that issue. And then having to tell her, it's okay to want to date, you know, because you also get the other side of it, too. (laughs) Like, oh, you should be fine alone. It's great. You know, it's okay. Like you mentioned to want those things to want a relationship to want affection to want sex to want all of those things, because we're human to Mm want to have fun, like, that's okay, too. (laughs) So I love that you're being so open about all of these things. Uh, As far as you being a very layered individual, you're, you know, you're, evolving, you're taking in whatever's coming, what's happening with the time. Can you talk to us a little bit about your brand, why you started it, how it's evolving, and kind of like what you've learned thus far?
1: Yeah, so I started Nalgona Positivity Pride, it will be eight years, seven years ago, and truly because I, I needed community and as a person that struggles with an eating disorder, who is a woman of color, there weren't resources for me, there wasn't representation mm. for me and there wasn't even language to talk about it in my family and so i wanted to understand on a deeper level why people like myself and other folks who are bipoc, black, indigenous, people of color struggle mm. if in media, everything was signaling that these struggles only happened to white thin women mm-hmm. then me, who is not white, who is not who was not thin and you know did not have anorexia, like is struggling with this. and having had a background in feminist organizing and and being a sexual health educator, you know I just took these other experiences that I've had. And you started connecting the dots. Like how does social oppression, how, how does historical violence, how does inequity, capitalism, right? Mm-hmm. All connect to the development of eating disorders in marginalized communities. Mm-hmm. And that conversation was not happening at the scale that it is now, thank goodness. Mm-hmm. And so I just took it upon myself that, Everything that I was able to put together, I had to share with other people because I knew I was not the only one struggling behind closed doors, right? And so, um, what started as started out as a, you know, public speaking, then came the merchandise and an Etsy mm-hmm. store, then came the uh, peer support group for Black Indigenous people of color that struggled with eating disorder, Sage and Spoon. Mm-hmm you know, then came the social media, you know? So I don't, I feel that how a lot of women of color creatives do their work, that is work that is sacred, that is needed, that is truly for others. That type of work is not the way white folks do it, right? right? Like if you start a business, you need to have your business plan, your five-year plan, your marketing, blah, blah, blah. You know, this very foreign, foreign concept, it was for me, you know, and still is. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I find that we have a more intuitive way of Mm -hmm. working and somehow it comes together at the end and somehow you find the resources because I did not go on a productivity pride with nothing just my own resources right Mm. at the time with my work you know whatever I was surviving with it's just I just transferred it to to Nalgona Positivity Pride and somehow it came to be this this big thing that I never envisioned would be honestly Mm. you know um and somehow it it really resonated with people Mm. um and so that's how I started. I know it kind of went a little bit to the side, but um, that's how I started, you know, being a thought and and just, and I didn't even, when I first started, I didn't question whether this was something I should be doing. I should be taking up space. Nobody understands me or will take me seriously because of my accent. I don't mm-hmm. have a college degree. I just knew it, it had to be done. Mm-hmm. And I knew that it had, as much as I had to do with me and my own personal story, it also didn't have to do with me. It wasn't necessarily just about me, right? right? And so I just feel like my work has always been connected to ancestral work, whatever that might mean to me at times, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And I've always taken that seriously Mm -hmm. and it has spoken through me you know, in ways that I still don't understand.
0: I appreciate you talking about that five-year plan because I think that's what it was for me in the beginning. Um, I was like, okay, I need a business plan, needs to look like this. And like you <laughs> talked about, it's very much, we have to figure it out on our own. White people don't, they have these networks, these organizations. Having worked in corporate America, I see what they have. You know, I see these masterminds, I see these networks and connections. And then working together and opening the doors. And it's funny because I never connected that, like, that I could do that. It was always, and I think that's in part to my immigrant mentality. <laughs> I feel um, a lot of our older generations are coming here and building things out of nothing. And it's like we have that privilege that you talked about. You know, I am light skinned I do speak English. I do have legal status. You know, I I got that my my green card a long time ago, and and I that also contributed like you have all this privilege your you know your parents your grandparents did all this why can't you do that by yourself you know that kind of thing yes um and it's like and that's what leads I feel (laughs) to our breakdowns and our depression that we can't talk about because it is so shameful that our you know older generation the generation before that were build built so much without with less than we now have. But the reality is that their mental health was shit, you know, for for lack of a better word. And for me, there was addiction, you know, there was um, mental health, depression, but we didn't talk about it. You know, we just kept going. Um, So in a way that I am grateful for that, um, you know, to have that like, I guess like resilience but I'm also letting go of that, that I don't need to have that anymore to prove that point, right? That it's okay to be vulnerable. Um, so that, that's what came up for me when you were talking about that and also representation and how important that is. I love the intuitive part of it because I've always felt that I didn't, growing up religious, I felt like as funny as it seems, <laughs> like I felt like I wasn't as connected to my intuition I think I was more connected to like my gut as far as survival and what does that look like, right? Like wanting to be connected to my ancestors. That's why I love your like Spotify <laughs> in your groups. I like love it. Whenever I put it on, I was just like, yes, I feel connected. Like I really don't know the spiritual aspect of like my, my ancestor. I got a hint when I would go to Mexico and I, I remember being gravitated toward. it it but having also this religious background that said no that's not okay mm-hmm. so how has that like can you talk a little bit more about that intuitive part and connection has it become more clear to you like oh this this is my intuition telling me this or to go this way has it gotten stronger for you and kind of like if you're open to that like what it what does that look like for you and what would you tell someone kind of like starting out that wants to have that connection to something bigger and something like your ancestor?
1: Um, I don't think I have like a clear answer for that either, mm-hmm. but I think I've always been a highly sensitive person as a child, I remember. And, and um, having the ability more as a child actually than I do now, but knowing of what was going to happen next, Mm-hmm. And um I think I was conditioned to not nurture that mm-hmm. at some point and then doesn't show up to it doesn't show up for me the same way mm-hmm. as it did when I was a child. And again, it's just being you know, being raised as girls, we're not treated as these very like we're not treated as sacred little people, mm-hmm. you know, and or femininity is is celebrated on boys or girls, right? Um, so I do think, uh, yeah, there's been some conditioning there, and it's called colonialism and white supremacy, and mm-hmm. you know, misogyny, and blah blah blah, right? Like those right. things are real. Mm-hmm. Um, especially having having been raised in organized religion, mm-hmm. very strict organized religion myself. Um, But for me now, you know, that's a really good question. I find that because I live alone, you Mm -hmm. know, like I, I spend a lot of time alone that I I think it's just a more natural thing, maybe that I'm not even so aware, like, oh, that's my intuition telling me this. Mm -hmm. No, because I don't, I, I have recently moved to a very quiet neighborhood. Mm -hmm. You know, I spend a lot of time alone. So I, I don't, i think it's just part of my day maybe
0: Ooh.
1: you know um and i also find that practicing alcohol reduction in my life has been important in mm-hmm. in getting to getting to know myself in the on in a deeper level especially when there is a lot of stress in my life you mm-hmm. know um And maybe that's part of the reason why I also don't gravitate a lot of toxic people in my life. Mm -hmm. You know, so I think this intuition just comes out in ways that, again, we don't pinpoint as like, oh, that's me taking care of myself and letting others, maybe somebody in the physical format or not, like take care of you. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, I I just think it's, it's a matter of being in a lot of moments of silence with yourself Mm -hmm. that kind of allow for that that, you know intuition ability to to take place um and i also think because i'm i have the ability to work to do work that actually it really matters to me Mm -hmm. you know and i'm able to shift and 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 support my involvement with this work without necessarily always having inhibitions right or like mm-hmm. oh my department didn't approve that move or or you could only work these hours at this time you know mm-hmm. or I have to commute because I'm gonna tell you something like that those commutes yeah. eat your soul mm-hmm, yeah eat your soul I just have to go downstairs and I'm at work, <laughs> you know, and I'm very fortunate for that. Like I, but I have no living room in because of, the, you know, but um, so, yeah, I think you just have to, I will say this about intuition. Like I've been able to form my livelihood mm. in the years ahead of me. I was, you know, knitting mm. that alternative. Alternative livelihood, preparing for what would be my chronic illness without me being aware of it. Because can I go back to an eight to five job? I will probably not be able to last very long because of my chronic illness, right? But mm-hmm. I think as women, like we're always five steps ahead without really realizing right. that are. I think I don't think we give ourselves enough credit for that I don't really don't think but yeah again like I I prepared myself to have this really wacky but creative job that has not existed ever before right I don't know anybody else who does what I do at this extent you know like and again like coming out of a home that only my dad was the breadwinner like my dad's a construction worker so it's not like I had artists and I had like hippie parents or you know (laughs) marxist you know communist parents like and i had none of that you know i had a jehovah's witness mom and a dad that was heavily patriarchal in the construction work like Mm. so again like the fact that i i was able to have every you know now that i think about it what i need in order to still continue my livelihood and to also take care of my highly sensitive ways right because Mm. I just I need to spend a lot of time alone.
0: That's
1: mm-hmm. just who I am. Don't it gets too lonely, but I do need that in my life, and I have been able to somehow make that happen for myself in a way that I can't even be like, oh, like this is how it ha-, You know,
0: mm-hmm.
1: this is how I planned for it when I I, I didn't.
0: Yeah, it sounds very much like in the moment and having that moment of aloneness and stillness and having that sensitivity and knowing and saying, and being honest about what you want. I feel very much the same way. Um, I know that in relationships, I always felt like guilty and even being a mother about me needing that alone time to recharge and not knowing that it was coming from a place that I felt like all this energy was getting taken away and being very exhausted. And then having that alone time, right? Where it wasn't a job or a child or a partner that needed my attention and not having that and then when you do being able to tell other people that you need these things but I'm in that space as well I'm having a lot of time to myself so I understand when you talk about having that but I want to get to your level (laughs) where I am in that stillness and listening from moment to moment what do you love the most about Gloria?
1: My laugh my humor Mm -hmm my taste in music
0: (laughs) yes I second that
1: (laughs) oh thank you oh my god that sounded very cocky but um um I like that I'm a creator you know and I don't think I give myself enough credit um those are things I like about myself I like my glasses too (laughs) I love it. My name is Gloria, and folks can find me at Nalgona Positivity Pride, the longest Instagram handle you will see. So, again, I'm most active on Instagram. Um, you can find me under Nalgona Positivity Pride. I have an eating disorders harm reduction online course in the making. So, sometime next year, it will happen. It has to happen. And this Next coming month in December, I have a lot of new merchandise that I'm so excited to release. And again, that goes my creative side. Being excited about new stuff in the making for our online store. So be on the lookout.